Hello and welcome to the Room of Lives. I'm your host, Neil. We're talking today with Pace Davis. In this part of our conversation, we ask the question, what is an effective welfare policy? Pace points out how certain welfare policies may actually be ineffective towards their goal, and that instead the government can prioritize investing more in the mental health of the homeless and poor and incentivize them to help themselves. If you enjoy listening to this conversation, consider supporting me by donating dye or ether to abranil.eth. That's A-B-H-R-A-N-I-L dot E-T-H. So you also wanted to talk about uh, social safety nets yeah. and welfare programs um, and how they could be sort of maximally leveraged to help the most number of people. Yeah, I think it's been an interest in the last couple of years. Um, I would say my politics in college were left-leaning, mm. you know, kind of flirting with like some anarchism. Um, I never really got into like communism because I always found some aspects of it objectionable. I found mm. it to be just kind of inherently totalitarian. Mm. Um but definitely far left, mm. uh, pro safety net, pro social services, so pro social, pro social policy, right? Pro um, safety nets, and I guess maybe more in a conversational way, um, have thought a bit about this idea that obviously, like we've removed some of the safety nets um, slowly for people who are poor. You're talking about in, in the U.S. Uh-huh, in the U.S. specifically, but also that they seem to be remarkably ineffective. Mm. So I think that there's this there's this seemingly false argument that is simply like either you have them and they're good or you have them and they're bad, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that seems to miss a lot of the realities, right? Which is that, you know, our social programs seem to disincentivize work. So if you are on welfare and you work too much, you lose your welfare, mm-hmm. uh, right? And so it seems like we don't actually incentivize like, um, or for example, there's another argument that, that that's made now that welfare disincentivizes family structures. Mm. And that, you know, people tend to grow up healthier with both parents around. And so there was this research that happened that showed that if a mother was single, she ended up with the welfare was more significant than if she was married. And so then there's this argument that people have made that, well, that structure of welfare actually disincentivizes families, right? Um, it incentivizes, you know, in a strange way, it incentivizes staying single mm. uh, if you have children. Mm. Um, so... Um, I don't I mean it's, it's just something I've thought about because I think uh, as I've gotten a little bit older and encountered, I mean I think maybe it comes from my working experience. I think when I was in college, I was around a lot of people who intellectually were very they were intelligent, they were learning. I thought that people generally had a work ethic that was significant, and then I kind of had this idea that that like that that everyone really had a work ethic, but that some people were just born without the means to succeed. And I think as I've gotten older, I actually don't believe that many people. I think that a lot of people don't have a work ethic. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't have a second gear. And I don't think it's always IQ based. I actually think that there are a lot of people with higher IQs who really don't, mm. can't really focus and complete tasks in a fast yeah. manner. That's that's just not how their brain works. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, it's something that's independent from how intelligent you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the intelligent part of it is that if you're more intelligent, you can get, it's easier for you to do basic tasks than if you're less intelligent. Mm. So they give your IQs lower, right? And that has never been raised by environment, right? Mm. 
then maybe you're in a position where, um, and I'm not at all that I'm not well enough read on IQ to really speak of it. Just this idea that um, we, that people who have lower IQs, it's more difficult for them to kind of like fake it through a, a job than say someone with 125 IQ who doesn't have a great worth ethic can kind of pull it together for short periods and, and mm-hmm. like keep it, keep a job. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I've just given, you know, it's been one of those things I thought of this past years is the idea of like, what is an effective welfare policy? Mm-hmm. Like what, you know, and not necessarily, I don't think I'm not, I, my opinion isn't one of like, everyone needs to be as productive for capitalism as possible. Like what's a, what's a fair policy that keeps people from starving? Who don't actually want to work because i think there are i don't think that it's the republican vision of everyone on welfare is above mm. but i think there truly are a lot of people that have no interest in mm. doing very much with their lives that's just not what their interest is mm. they aren't they aren't particularly concerned with being productive although i think jobs give a sense of purpose to many people i think that working actually gives a sense of purpose to an alarming percentage of people if we actually looked at it and if we went to a an environment with basic income and no work i think we would find a huge spike in things like depression and suicide. If everyone just got to sit around watching TV and get paid, I think that would be a disaster for people. I think that's a disastrous state from what I've seen. But let's imagine that, I don't know, just throw a fake percentage out there. Let's imagine 5% of people never want to work. Okay. Well, I don't think they should starve and die on the street, right? So how do we create ideas of welfare that both care for them? Because there are people, and I think that we live in a country that's so wealthy that there's no reason that they shouldn't be fed and housed, right? And, and, and we don't actually need them. I think this false kind of conservative idea that they're sucking off, they're taking our blood by not being productive is BS. The governments, we have an incredibly wealthy nation, right? And we don't actually need them to be productive for us all to succeed. So create something that's fair, that gives them a chance to succeed, but also actually treats all of the people who um, do want to succeed um, or could succeed uh, effectively and basically pulls them up right so um so like I, I depression is near and dear to me so like let's say you're poor and you have depression well if you could treat someone for their depression or their anxiety or their bipolar uh uh bipolar um diagnosis effectively right like that alone might raise them out of poverty because it might enable them to go after the things that would make them succeed so how do you create uh, social systems that basically offer a myriad of options that lift everyone that can be lifted out of dire poverty, right? That gives therapy to everyone who's been neglected or abused, that offers work programs and and psychology, psychiatry to everyone, and then keeps those people that, like, say, people now that are homeless on the street who don't want to be part of any program, who don't want to be regularly on medicine, right? Who are, who are alcoholics and have kind of made peace with that and that's how they're going to spend their life but how do you make sure that they don't die from exposure to the elements how do you make sure that they you know have a place to shower if they want to and if they ever come around to wanting treatment how do you make sure that that's available for mm-hmm. them i guess i've just been i guess that's one of my thoughts like it seems like so something more active than just giving up money yeah to the bottom rung yeah yeah. yeah, and so and truly an investment on behalf of the government. Right? Like, I mean, truly, you're going to be spending money, right? But it may not be direct aid money. It may be like it may be like incentivizing pursuing a PhD in psychology mm. and requiring five years of service mm. at paid at a lower rate than you might get paid if you, mm. you know, 
or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It may be creating some kind of forgiveness program that incentivizes people to go into these communities mm -hmm. and, you know, and then creating government programs that actually go to people's homes, knock on their door and seek them out and bring them into therapy or, or, or children that are in foster care, right? Mm -hmm. Bring them into whatever they need to try to make their chance at life the most successful, right? Mm -hmm. um, they go into like dangerous parts of the country and offer programs that um, truly try to try to get people out of this mm -hmm cycle right mm. um and, and, and like and one of the things obviously that poverty can cause is passivity mm. so you actually have to i think go and like find these people and yeah. then bring them in to help them right yeah. not by force obviously because that gets really yeah. and that can get really great like if you force people to go to therapy right mm -hmm. but i think that, that that like um you know it's odd it seems like we're at this point of like greatest divide in our nation right regarding like you know this this fight between conservatives little but it seems like we're also at this point where with the right with the right backing with the right spokespeople right a policy for um you know maybe i maybe i maybe i'm too hopeful but a policy for this kind of welfare so because i think that there's this idea like that conservatives hold about justice that like that like they um that people who are who are like not working don't deserve help mm -hmm. but people who want to get out mm -hmm. and fight for it they deserve mm -hmm. a chance right mm -hmm. and i think that the problem is that in their actual policies it plays out like more just like you just take all the options to get out away mm -hmm. unless you're truly exceptional right mm. um and then and then i think there's this kind of idea too i think with the like liberal policies is kind of like we don't actually want to experience we don't ever want to talk to homeless people we don't ever want to see poor people but we would like there to be some systems in place that kind of keep them mm. alive but also away from us right mm. so i mean it seems like you know maybe there's a maybe there's a there is a possibility of like uniting these kind of seemingly distant ideas of justice mm. around an idea of like what if there was a system in which um you know, in which all of these people were, uh, you know, incentivized to get help, incentivized to help themselves, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, supported um, and supported in doing so. Mm -hmm. And then slowly tried to be supported into work, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, you give them welfare and it doesn't immediately cut off the moment they make the next amount of money. It slowly weans them off, right? Mm -hmm. These kind of, like, tiering systems or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe that's too hopeful. But it seems like that, I've, I've just been thought a lot about that over the last year or two. Yeah, yeah. Is like, my real i was i was really surprised my politics didn't match my reality working when i the more i've worked the more years i worked i was floored by really how like um you know how people don't really seem to take a lot of pride in a lot of their work and how often you are with someone who's like would if no one was looking they would never do anything yeah um, or how slow they're willing to work yeah um, how little interest they seem to have in doing a good job anything right yeah and i think i i think in college i had this idea that everyone was really just the secret genius like waiting to be tapped mm -hmm. and now at 31 i'm like oh wow like there are people out there that you can bring out quality in mm -hmm. right and then there's this very small option of the population that brings quality out in themselves no matter where they are mm -hmm. but that i found that the majority of the people i encountered were like Basically, the bare minimum was what they had shown up to deliver. Mm. And so, and this is in environments of, of like middle class, middle upper class environments. This is not in, you know, this isn't in like, this isn't only in like, you know, this is only poor people. There's something, obviously, this is somewhat mixed in restaurants and stuff. But I think that I, I, I was, I was, I was astounded at this reality. And it had a, and I couldn't really mesh it with my politics because my politics were telling me like, no. Everyone's really just waiting to be tapped. They're yeah. all wonderful. And then and then I realized like, oh, no, like actually I don't think that's true. I think a lot of people aren't actually yeah. interested in being either they just don't it's not part of their drive, whatever, you know? And so how do you create a, a system that cares for them and actually encourages everyone to be the best they can be? Mm -hmm. Um 
while also acknowledging what some conservatives make a valid point is that a lot of people don't. I mean, a lot, and by a lot of people, I don't mean fifty percent, but I mean like out of the three hundred plus a million Americans, a lot of people don't have any interest in mm. in like slugging away and trying to save a bunch of money and start a business, you know. Um, and whether that's from environmental uh, factors, like the way they were raised, or if it's genetic predisposition, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we know enough about those things now. We don't know everything. We know enough to know that like that's a lottery, mm-hmm. you know. If you were born Albert Einstein, you, you just you just won a lottery basically, mm-hmm. you know. And he had to work hard, but mm-hmm. he also won a lottery that nobody else won. So how do you take that into account and and and, and shape policy around it? Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us in our conversation today. In the next part, we considered the topic of current intellectual leaders, such as Sam Harris. We explored the ideas and values that these thought leaders offer, and why so many young people are flocking to them. I hope you enjoyed visiting the Room of Lives today, and take care until next time.